You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, NCIA's Deputy Director of Communications. Today, my guest is Kelly Nielsen. She's the Vice President of Insights and Analytics at BDSA. She leads the Insights and Analytics team and engages with clients to generate insights from a vast quantity of data to make informed business decisions and drive results. Together with her team, she works with manufacturers, retailers, and investors to deliver unmatched insights and analytics to drive their businesses forward. BDSA is headquartered in Boulder, Colorado, and is the premier global cannabis market research firm, helping businesses improve revenues, reduce innovation risk, and prioritize market expansion. Thanks for joining me on the show today, Kelly. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Bethany. Absolutely. And uh, the dashboard, the platform of BDSA Green Edge is something that NCIA offers some access to in conjunction with BDSA for members. So we can talk a bit more about that later. Let's start by getting to know you a little bit better and your background uh, and things you did uh, before jumping Mm -hmm. into this cannabis data world. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my background is entirely in some degree of data analytics. Um, So the first 13 years of my career, I worked with the Nielsen Company, um, specifically working within their innovation practice area um, called BASES. And so I spent 13 years there, kind of started as an analyst back in the day. And um, in the end, the last several years of my career uh, there, I led the team that was specifically responsible for bringing innovation insights to the alcohol beverage industry. Um, So I, I think when it comes to 
which I know we'll, we'll talk a little bit about how I ended up in cannabis, but through my time at Nielsen, um, the most, the, the pieces that I always really resonated with, and I always thought the most interesting were those categories where the data was always a little bit messy. (laughs) Um, and so I, I spent a lot of time in what we referred to as the vertical steam or new vertical steam. So anything outside of what we would consider traditional consumer packaged goods or traditional, um, you know, what you find in the grocery store. And so my background is in messy data um, and partnering with organizations to make decisions using that particular data. Interesting. So do you like to say that you like to streamline chaos? That's a phrase that <laughs> I like to use in, in some of my project management side of my work. <laughs> I absolutely think that that's a great way to think about it. Streamlining chaos and helping organizations really figure out what to do with a wide array of information that is not nearly as clean and specific as maybe, you know, if, if you were thinking about something like, you know, just a traditional consumer packaged goods. We were talking about, you know, mac and cheese or slices of cheese or something along those lines, uh, things that are a little bit harder to track. Yeah, those other items seem a little bit more straightforward as well. (laughs) Um, And I noticed your last name is Nielsen. Is, (laughs) Is there a connection there or just coincidence? Um, so it depends who you ask. So I've had, I had the job at Nielsen longer than I had the name. So I married into the Nielsen name. My now <laughs> husband would, um, would tell you it was fate though, because he, we met when I uh, had first started my, my job there and I gave him my business card and he decided that that was fate and meant to be. So here we are, gosh, 14, 15 years later. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's great. So let's let's get into how you ended up taking the step, step to the right uh, or left, <laughs> whichever, uh, into the cannabis industry and, and movement, really. It's, it's definitely mm-hmm. more than just a, a straightforward industry. There's a lot of moving parts here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, you know, my, my foray into cannabis, especially, you know, from a career perspective started about, um, I'd say two and a half, three years ago, you know, at which point we started seeing more and more states legalizing in the United States right around the same time as federal legalization in the Canadian market. And given that the industries that I've always been most interested in are those that are emerging and interesting and, you know, a little bit messy, I think cannabis really fit that, um, fit that mold. And so the last, I'd say, 18 months or so while I was at Nielsen, started to, excuse me, started to explore, um, started to explore the cannabis space again within the innovation practice area, understanding how we could partner with, um, at that time, LPs or legal producers in Canada to help them figure out how to think about their innovation platform. Um, you know, given the current legal state in the United States market, the opportunities to continue to expand that practice were a little bit more limited. And so um, I, I have had longstanding, uh, longstanding business contacts, business uh, relationships with many folks at BDSA. And it was always something that I found very interesting. And so we stayed in touch and as time went on and I was looking to um, you know, potentially make a switch in my career and get more involved in the cannabis industry. I was very lucky that it seemed like opportunities um, emerged for me in this organization around the same time that I started really uh, expanding my interest into this particular space. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, BDSA definitely brought some of the sophistication from other industries into cannabis right at the exact time. 
that we needed to start sorting through that mm -hmm. data. Um, and I recall when uh, I believe Roy Bingham is uh, still at the lead of the company there bringing, bringing the partnership idea to NCIA to allow NCIA members, operators, retailers um, to have access to some of this really important sales data and trends, which were just, we were just starting to get our arms around, you know, mm -hmm. through the timing of all that. So um, really important uh, opportunity to, to look at some facts and figures right when we needed it. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, I think the entire industry just continues to get more and more sophisticated, both from the manufacturing side of things, the retailer side of things. And then, you know, that means for us as a data provider, we need to move in that same direction. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we all get excited at NCIA when new states uh, legalize and, and start their legal sales. And and then that means BDSA has some new data coming down around <laughs> yep. the pike a few months later. So <laughs> it's great. So yeah, so today you, you're you with BDSA. Um, you have how many states across the country that you're tracking sales data trends for? What else is going on with you in uh, 2021 in the future? Yeah, so as of today, we're super excited. Um, as of today, we have 11 uh, tracked markets through BDSA retail sales tracking. So that's partnering with dispensaries to understand what type of information, or excuse me, what types of products um, down to the SKU level are really selling through dispensaries. But we're actually super excited. Tomorrow, we are launching our 12th market, which we will be launching the Missouri market. So I think timing is uh, pretty good here. Um, so we will have 12 markets in total, and we're always keeping our eye open on what's on the horizon, right? So as we think about the, what markets are opening in 20, uh, 2022, 2023, you know, taking a very close look at timing of that Northeast seaboard with states like New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, et cetera. So there's always new states on the horizon that we're looking to continue to expand our overall geography footprint. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm getting incredibly excited watching those teeny tiny little states in the uh, upper northeast um, <laughs> I'm from Maryland originally ah. so there's a there's a lot of little states up there that are um, you know making their way toward full adult use cannabis mm -hmm. legalization mm -hmm. some some a little slower than others um, but it, it really is interesting to watch that part of the country they're like a domino effect sort of um, you know watching New York New Jersey Connecticut Massachusetts Maine, Vermont, they're all a little bit mm -hmm. different right now, but but maybe they'll uh, they'll they'll start to streamline um, in their laws and regulations uh, as we go forward as well. Anything else you're kind of looking forward to um, in in the near future here or, you know, it's asking the question, when do you think we'll have full legalization in the United States is hilarious. <laughs> um, because if you asked people five or six years ago, they would have said, oh, definitely by 2020. Yep. We'll definitely, and it's like, well, <laughs> welp. <laughs> so Time comes and there? goes. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think from my perspective, there's a couple things. So I think when we talk about legalization here at BDSA, you know, we do expect some degree of 
I'm air quoting, I know you can't see me, but air quotes of federal legalization in the next year, 18 months or so. But, you know, really what that means continues to evolve. At the loosest level, we think that some degree of federal legalization means some sort of more open banking to allow um, organizations to have more access to capital, and then some form of decriminalization so that there's an adjustment to the incarceration rates across the board, right? And so that's that's how we're thinking about, you know, what we mean by federal legalization, because at the end of the day, and as we think about the outlook and the projection for the cannabis industry, we expect that states will reserve the right to regulate cannabis within their borders. So despite any sort of federal legalization, we do not think that that necessarily means, you know, immediate cross state commerce or anything Mm -hmm. like that for many years to come. Gotcha. All right. Thanks for that insight. Let's take our first commercial break and then come back and talk more with Kelly from BDSA. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, with the National Cannabis Industry Association, chatting with Kelly Nielsen from BDSA. So let's jump more into talking about the markets out there. Um, More broadly, the cannabis movement, uh, which is beyond national, even though we don't have every single state here in the United States on board, it is becoming a global market. Um, let's talk about who some of those players are in the global market. And, you know, as I said before the break, making predictions are very difficult these days, but what are we kind of seeing maybe in the next five years with this global market for cannabis? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, maybe the first place I'll actually start is to that point of it being very difficult to, you know, gather information and feedback. So, you know, here at BDSA, we provide that five-year outlook, five-year projections at the global level of what we think is going to happen in the industry. And I'll get more to that in a second, because I first want to talk about how we do this. Um, So when we think about our our market forecast, we provide a global perspective, but then within the United States and Canada, we actually provide out-year projections at the state or province level, 
all the way down to the category level. And so, you know, to your point of that being difficult to do, it is because things are constantly changing. But I'll start by saying we gather as much information as we possibly can. Um, and so we're leveraging information from, you know, BDSA retail sales tracking. So that, that, analysis that we're doing of tracking sales through dispensaries. We are tracking consumer feedback that we conduct surveys on a regular basis to understand how consumer perception is changing over time. We're gathering any sort of information we can that's publicly available at a state or at a country level when we're talking about international, any information around tax law, demographic information, any regulatory frameworks, and gathering as much information as we can, because I think the key is that things do continue to evolve. And so we do update our forecasts on an ongoing basis to keep ahead of all of those um, changes. And so, you know, when we think about what that means for out year, and we think about where the market is headed, as of right now, we are estimating that the 2021 global legal cannabis outlook is going to approach $30.6 billion here in 2021. And mm. we expect that to continue to expand to $62.1 billion by 2026. So that's more than doubling over the next five years. And so that's super exciting. <laughs> um, wow. Yes. And, and when we think about where that's coming from, you know, that actually is encompassing of the United States, Canada, and over 30 other countries um, in the world. But I think the key here of like, where is that volume coming from really is the North America market, particularly the United States. So when we think about the outlook, um, the United States, particularly adult use growth over the next five years is going to be making up a majority of those incremental dollars that we're seeing. Wow, that's that's a lot of incredible potential. Um, yeah. I mean, but here here in the U.S., um, you know, we've had a few years to watch what's happened and to with the first states that were to legalize for adult use, which was truly groundbreaking, even for me as a many many years long medical marijuana activist, couldn't couldn't believe it was actually mm -hmm. legalized for adult use over twenty one. So those first states, Colorado. California, Oregon, Washington, what were those trends that emerged from that journey? Um, and, and can we expect that to hold true for other emerging markets as far as lessons learned watching over these last six or seven years of adult use? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think, you know, first to level set, let's just talk about where we're coming from and where we're going in the total U.S. market, because I think that's that's a good place to start. And then let's talk about breaking down the markets and the trends that we're seeing. And so just to provide some context, we expect the U.S. legal cannabis market to reach about $24.9 billion in 2021. Wow. That, represents, um, that represents about a 38% increase over 2020. So just to provide some context there. And we expect that to continue to expand to about $47.6 billion by 2026. And so obviously over the next five years, we're going to have kind of several different trends, several different dynamics that are playing into that overall growth. The first being exactly as you mentioned, this evolution of these mature markets, which I think is so interesting because when we think about these mature markets, 
there's two dynamics that are kind of taking place. The first is that these states are still continuing to expand, right? Like, so if we look at 2021 sales for states like California, Nevada, Oregon, Colorado, when we take a look year to date, there is double digit growth over 2020. And 2020 was a breakthrough year for those mature markets. And so, you know, if you think about markets beginning to taper out or their growth beginning to decline, like, we're seeing double digit growth continue even, you know, at this point, what are we with Colorado? 10 years into, uh, uh, what is it? Nine years into legalization, mm-hmm. continuing to expand. And so that's really exciting when we take a look at some of those most established states. Absolutely. Wow. So those established states certainly gave us a lot to observe um, as they got off the ground, uh, but we were sort of hinting at these newer emerging markets mm-hmm. on the East Coast mm-hmm. earlier, uh, Massachusetts and Michigan is a gigantic state mm-hmm. and huge market there. New York and New Jersey are game changers. Each of these have different demographics, different cultures, different customers, honestly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know, same plant. Um, what are you expecting to see from these East Coast little, little markets up there, smaller states. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, when we think about some of these states or some of these markets, maybe actually let's maybe start with thinking about some of these recently, recently legalized states. You mentioned Michigan. I'd put states like Massachusetts and Illinois in that same bucket because those, you know, really only just legalized and high adult use available late 2019 in the case of Massachusetts and 2020 mm-hmm. in the case of Illinois and Michigan. And when we compare those recent emerging states to those established mature states that we have just been talking about, one key thing is that the rate of growth has been dramatically increasing. So the fact that both Illinois, Michigan, and actually also Massachusetts are going to be pushing 1.7, $1.8 billion total markets um, in 2021, just two years after legalization, that is a much faster rate of growth than we saw in the past. I think um, I, I was taking a look at some of the numbers that even Colorado, five years into legalization, was still hovering around $1.5 billion dollars in, in annual sales. And so we're seeing these states um, really get to these really high sales numbers at a more rapid pace. And so a key there is when we take a look at New York, New Jersey, um, you know, if, you know, if and when Maryland turns toward adult use, Connecticut, Vermont, we would expect that they would begin to support that adult use market at a more rapid pace than probably what we had seen a state like Colorado or Oregon Oregon come online uh, in the early days of legalization. So we expect faster, uh, faster adult use availability. We also expect that there's just more and more comfort in usage of cannabis, that there's this destigmatization of the overall product, overall plant, and that is driving more and more folks who are open to using. And so this dynamic of more product availability faster because they've seen what can happen in states like Illinois, Massachusetts, Michigan, compounded by more comfort with the idea of consuming cannabis means that we expect these states to be big contributors to volume faster than what we had seen in the past. And I think just for perspective, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, all of them are on 
our list of being the biggest contributors to growth in the marketplace between now and 2026. Yeah, that's really interesting insight. Um, you know, thinking about my home state of Maryland, um, there there certainly was not a very well established medical marijuana or caregiver type of program uh, beforehand. So it's it's almost as if uh, they have to take their time and try try it out. Uh, with these heavier restrictions, greater limitations, um, and you know, fewer opportunities for for business operators yet. Um, whereas some other states just jumped right into adult use legalization, mm -hmm. or perhaps um, I'd like to come back after this commercial break to talk a little bit about this. Uh, so let's go ahead and take that commercial break and then come right back and we'll wrap up our conversation with Kelly Nielsen from BDSA, but stay tuned. We'll be right back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, having a chat here with Kelly Nielsen from DSA about all these markets, all these various <laughs> unique little markets, and using Maryland as an example, um, they're just slowly but surely getting their medical medical only marijuana programs available to uh, to to those who live there. Um, whereas a state like California or Colorado had a very, very strong medical marijuana program for many, many years prior to this pivotal time in 2013-2014 when adult use laws rolled out. Um, so that being said, there is something to say about these states who had medical cannabis programs in place before legalizing for adult use versus these states who have to start from scratch. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the biggest, most recent example we have seen in that is the state of Arizona. So I think the thing to realize with Arizona is they went from legalizing in last year's election to having adult use cannabis available in basically 60 days. Um, and, and that was a record, right? The, the fastest oh, yeah. prior to that was Illinois, which had taken what, roughly six to seven months. Mm -hmm. and then you have states where it took years from the time of legalization to actually get products in the hands of consumers. Yeah. So Arizona is so interesting because Arizona prior to legalization was a billion dollar medical market. And you know, with that, what they were able to do was convert those medical facilities, those medical cultivators and retailers into adult use, uh, in, into having product for available for adult use very quickly. And so we expect that to continue when we take a look at some of these states like Pennsylvania, Florida, Oklahoma. We think that adult use legalization is still, you know, a couple of years out, but we do expect that when when those states do make that switch, because they have these huge infrastructures already in place with billions of dollars already in sales, mm -hmm. that they'll be able to become dominating forces in the adult use space pretty quickly. Now, that's the only caveat to all of this is that we do see then that the split in volume between adult use and medical is a little bit different, right? Like in a state like Illinois, medical sales 
teeters around 15 to 20% of total sales, for example, whereas in a state like Arizona, it's still, you know, a majority or 50, about 55% of the volume uh, each month still is medical only, which we expect that to decline over time. Mm-hmm. But that, that's, that split might be a little bit different um, for the first couple of years, but we do expect that sales will um, turn and pivot toward adult use and that state will continue to expand at a pretty rapid pace. Yeah, really fascinating to watch all this as well. It really depends on how fast they can roll out the licenses Mm -hmm. and, you know, whether whether the regulators are are eager or <laughs> or are they not. on board yep yeah yeah it's it's interesting to watch across the board well as we wrap up our conversation um i'd like to mention that uh someone from bdsa will be at our seventh annual cannabis business summit and expo in san francisco we'll be holding that event December 15th, 16th, and 17th at the Moscone Center. And we're so excited to go back to the business of hosting in-person trade shows uh, with extra safety precautions, of course, um, in this uh, COVID, post-COVID world here. Um, but can you tell us a little more about that? I think it's Rick Matoro. Oh, yes. Sorry about that. Yes. Rick Matoro will be joining um, from BDSA. He's going to be talking about, you know, what's, what's to come in our 2022 predictions, what we've learned this past year and where we expect that to be headed. Great. And we'll be holding that in the knowledge bar area of our show. So look forward to seeing everyone there. I'll be doing a podcast studio on the expo floor as well. So looking forward to seeing everyone head to CannabisBusinessSummit.com to go ahead and register for that. And also, uh, I kind of hinted at the beginning that NCIA members get uh, some benefits from our partnership with BDSA, including exclusive reports as well. Can you briefly talk about what's in those? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So our goal is to provide NCIA members with with information around what is going on in all of these exciting states, exciting markets, and where, you know, where things are headed in the future. And so our next version of the report, or excuse me, our Q3 um, reporting will be coming out in the next couple of weeks. That's awesome. Great. So NCIA members, not only keep an eye out for that, but also register to join us at the Cannabis Business Summit and Expo in December. I look forward to seeing everybody there. Uh, And look forward to just wrapping up this year, which has felt like five years for some (laughs) reason. And I I will say as tough as 2020 was last year, it was fascinating to see cannabis declared as an essential business in most states during the most strictest time of those lockdowns. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. Every state except for Massachusetts kept their adult use. Wagging my finger at Massachusetts (laughs) here, definitely. Anyway, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Kelly. I appreciate your insights. And uh, where can folks learn more about BDSA? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Feel free to visit our website at bdsa.com. A lot of really great insights and information there, both around our solutions as well as our blog and other white papers that we put out on a regular basis. So that'd be a great place to start. Uh, great place to stop. And then from there, um, if you have any specific questions, reach out to info at bdsa.com. Perfect. Thank you again for joining us on the show today, Kelly. And thanks to our listeners 
for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.